Get that husband out, putting more light bulbs in. Thank you, Jesus. It's awesome. You'll prosper for one reason, that you can build God's kingdom. But you'll get blessed on the way through. Boy, that was quick, wasn't it? They went. I was going to say, get, get away. But, uh, you know, they just got out of here. You know, uh, we, have, we had uh, 41 people saved last weekend in our campuses. Isn't that good news, huh? Great news. Uh, this morning uh, from Oxford Falls, we started a brand new service uh, in Avalon. Had 220 people at our first service. That's good news, huh? Amazing. Like you guys started one at Bankstown recently with Dylan. Yeah, over there. Dylan's making tea. He's got a tea cozy on his head. Uh, tea going to come out of your mouth or whatever, you know? I'm a little teapot. Tall and spout. How's that go? Short and stout. Here is my handle. There is my spout. What does it go then? Tip. Tip me over and what? Pull me out. I'm a little teapot. Tall and stout. Yeah. Right. See, that's you, man. You're just a little teapot, short and stout. Here's my handle. Here's the spout. Tip me over and pour me out. That's what you got to do. If you want to be a Bankstown pastor, you got to be able to pour out in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a preacher you got up here. I can get a message out of anything, out of any little nursery rhyme. <laughs> it's fantastic. Well, as you can see, Pastor Hartley has left. He can't stand my preaching. And uh, he's going, no, he's down the back. He's got to go. He's preaching in another part of town. Isn't it exciting? We've got so many churches around this city, C3 churches, and we're planning on opening up hundreds more. And so some of you that are sitting here tonight, Patrick, need to be getting ready to be preaching and getting ready. <clears throat> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Some of us sit around waiting for the day when God's going to use us, and then we think we'll get consecrated, dedicated, and then we're going to... It doesn't work like that. Got to be on the field, running up and down, even if you don't touch the ball for the whole... Oh, let's not talk about football, my God. That's depressing. I stopped watching that game halfway through. I, I was starting to cry. I was starting to feel pain. Uh, the Lord was wanting me to intercede. And I thought, no, I can't do it, Lord. I'm sorry. The Maroons, my Lord, that was awful. But anyway, uh, you know, uh, you got to stay on the field because eventually somebody's going to throw the ball your way. And then, and if you're not there, you weren't dedicated, you weren't, you know, getting your act together, just thinking, oh, I'm just going to goof off until the day when I start doing something for the Lord. Then somebody else will get the ball. Your ball. Oh, that freaks me out. I don't like that thought at all. That I could have been doing something, but then somebody else got to do it. <sighs> just being quiet about that point for a moment to let it sink in. Imagine if you had an assignment from God, like you were meant to be his 007, Ding, 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 ding. But you were just goofing off, and 008 got it. <laughs> How bad is that? Huh? You didn't get to kill anybody or shoot anything or, or, or be a spy or use any of those fancy little gadgets, you know, gadgets. Anyway, I should start preaching, shouldn't I? I'm having too much fun. I'm at Silverwater where they're all the fun people are. I gotta get I gotta get out of here like like in, in half an hour because I gotta go back to that boring crowd over at Oxford Falls and uh, try and stir them up and get them going. No, we're gonna have a great night tonight. The youth are releasing their uh, what are they releasing? A lot of energy. Um, 
They're releasing their EP, five songs on an EP. It's going to be great. And, uh, <clears throat> and we're graduating a whole lot of mid-year students as well. Now, in about three weeks' time, four weeks' time, I'm going to be preaching here, even though I'm going to be in Europe. It's like a miracle. I'm going to be preaching on that screen. I want you to make sure you're here because it's, it's a part of the Psalm 23 series that I really am looking forward to sharing. I actually have already preached it. It's, I preached it this last week, and they filmed it, and so it's going to be on, on here. But I was thinking about you while I was preaching this and thinking about all of our campuses, and, uh, and, and, and I know that the power of God is going to touch you. Even while I was preaching, I could feel the power of God on me, and I said, you know, even though this is a film, I know, you know, like this is pre-film, I know that right now God's going to touch us. weird, that stuff, huh? But I know that He's going to touch you in that. And I'm talking about getting soaking in the anointing. Like, you know, a lamp where it has a wick and it has oil and you light the wick because it's soaked in the oil and it burns. But you know, if there's no oil and you light the wick, the wick burns. And that's what happens to a lot of people. They're burning out. They're burnt out, depressed and no energy and whatever because they haven't got that oil, haven't been soaking in the oil. So every time we come together and Madeline and all the crew are singing and worshiping and doing such a good job up there, you know, worship. Don't just stand there and watch. Let, let the oil get in the inside of your, your spirit and you'll burn with a passion and you won't burn out. My God, I'm 63 and I'm not burnt out. That's a good moment to say, no way. <laughs> Don't laugh, say no way, amen, yeah. You're cruel, you've changed you people out here. My God, I gotta come out here more often, keep you sweet, encouraging. Now you gotta help me preach tonight because I gotta preach fast, all right? So I need lots of amens, hallelujahs, praise the Lord's real Pentecostal stuff, you know, whatever. You can even be a little Baptist and wave a handkerchief, whatever. Be Presbyterian and sit there, say nothing if you like, but uh, you won't get a lot out of it. I love the Presbyterians. Psalm 23, verse 3. He restores my soul. Everybody say that. He restores my soul. Okay. Your soul, it's inevitable as you travel through this life, it's going to get wounded. Every now and then, it needs recovery. Just like your body, I can guarantee you none of you have lived this life without getting cut, bruised, broken, or a mosquito bite at least, or something like poison. It's going to happen to you somewhere in your body, but that's the same in your spiritual life. Being in Christ doesn't inoculate you against trouble coming. So if He is your shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. He restores my soul. If he doesn't get to be the doctor of your soul, you get infected. And then you're going to find yourself with all kinds of problems. Like a person with a wounded spirit, they wake up feeling tired. You've had 10 hours sleep and you're still tired when you wake up. A person with a broken spirit is negative. They try to be positive, but they can't. They say sour, negative, bitter things, and they wish they didn't. They're sensitive. You say, hi, how are you? They go, what's it to you? And they're overreactive. They're emotional. They're up and down. This is when you've got a wounded spirit and you feel like you're lifeless. You want to give up. You want to run away. You want to avoid situations. 
because it's like pressure. And when you have a wounded spirit, you, 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 you just have given up a little. You, you don't want to keep on going because your spirit, which is the fountain of energy, your spirit is where all that life and will to live and the purpose comes from. If that's wounded, you haven't got the energy and the life flowing through your soul, through your spirit, through your inner man. And so you need to get healed, and Jesus is the healer of our soul. Before we finish here, God is going to move on your life and bring healing to your soul. Proverbs 15, verse 13, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. You ever seen a horse whose spirit is broken? It's a sad thing. Their head hangs down. They don't look after themselves. They just, you know, you see a dog whose spirit is broken. It just drags itself around. But you see a horse with its head held high. It's loved. It's cared for. It's brushed every day, fed right, looked after. I mean, it looks proud and strong. And even though it's been broken so a rider can ride, it hasn't been broken in a bad way. It's not sick on the inside. But an animal, you can say, oh, that you know, dog with a broken spirit is no good for rounding up the sheep. It just sits around and it's, it's been beaten on the inside. And I see people like that, beaten on the inside and <clears throat> because of unrelenting grief that's happened in their soul. Proverbs 17, 22 says, A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. So a merry heart does you good like good chemicals in your body, like medicine. So that's why we have joy in church. That's why we're, we're joyful in church, because you can't get joyful on Wednesday night when the blues are doing such a miserable job. you got to come to church and get happy. Now, I've been in churches that feel like a funeral service every weekend, and it's like going to a morgue. And they tend to think that that's a more sincere kind of Christianity if you're sad, and that that lightweight Christianity, where you're all joyful, and they'll use terms like happy clappy as though it's like a, a throwaway kind of Christianity. I tell you, that is as deep as it gets, baby. When you got joy in your spirit, you got medicine in your soul. Joy in your spirit is medicine in your soul. And I know some of you here tonight, you need some of that. You need, some, you need like a spoonful of sugar. Help the medicine go down, baby, just to joy up. For some of you, it would be like, but if I got joyful, nobody would feel sorry for me. Yeah, that's right. But if I got joyful, golly, that would be like I'm happy and, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm that humble to be happy. I kind of like being cool and miserable, whatever. But being a happy person in this life is like creating sunshine around people. And you'll be a magnetic person. If you're a cold, miserable person, you're a repeller. That's not what Jesus said. He said, you're the light of the world. Be attractive. Be like people want to hang around. When you walk in the room, they all go, put their sunglasses on, put their, put their cozies on, and slip, slap, slop, and feel like they want to bathe in the rays. But if you walk in a room, people rug up, and ooh, it's chilly in here. Let's get out of here. That's, that's not what we're meant to be. The church isn't meant to be that. People should come in here and feel like, oh, this is awesome. I'm just getting loved. And, and so that's what medicine is. Now, come with me to Romans 15, 13. It says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This, friends, is one of the greatest verses in the Bible. 
So exciting, the microphone did a flip. It might even do two flips. No, it won't. I won't try that. You've got to learn that verse this week. Homework from the pastor. Romans 15, 13. Now, when? Come on, when? Come on, when? You mean now? When? Tomorrow? When? Yesterday? No, when? Now. Now. May the God of hope. This is Paul saying now. May the God of hope, the God of vision. God is the God of hope. If you meet God, you meet hope. The assured anticipation of a good thing happening in your life. God is good. He's got only good things for you in plan. The devil has all the other bad stuff. God's plan for you are only good. He didn't give birth to you to give you a miserable life. What kind of parent would that be? Oh, let's have children so we can just pummel them every day and give them a bad life and make, give them sick and make them, have them, give them cancer, keep them poor, and just deal with them bad. What kind of parent would that be? We'd want to shoot a person like that. No, God is a good God. So let's have children and give them a beautiful life. Make life a wonderful experience for them. He only has good plans for you. So he's the God of hope, and he wants to fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Turn your faith switch on and start believing, and you'll get the power of the Holy Ghost putting vision in your mind. Now, I wrote a book called Healing the Wounded Spirit, <clears throat> which, uh, which I didn't really want to write, but the Lord told me to write it. I argued, with, I don't, I don't want to write a book like that. That's like therapy or something. I'm not, I'm not your therapeutic sort of person. You do not want to come to me if you have some kind of inner problem. You'll be worse off. And uh, I, 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 I'm not very helpful like that. When I, I have a doctorate in ministry, and people say, what kind of doctor are you? And I, I say, not the kind that can help you. And, uh, not that kind of medical, therapeutic sort of doctor. Because cause the thing is, uh, I, I'm, I have to lead and make decisions that sometimes are difficult decisions for people to cope with. And if I was too soft, I wouldn't be able to make those tough decisions, which is like buying a building here. You know, we've got to get people to give, like starting a new service. Oh, all these people are going to get uprooted and feel a little, but that's good. You know, some people don't like it. They don't like change, but you lead them through it. And they kiss you when they get to the other side because they say, thank you for making us do that. It's like you, your fitness trainer. He'll make you do push-ups, you know. That's, that's pretty good. A hundred push-ups on Sunday night. I can do push-ups, but I can't count. And yeah, that's always helpful. Fitness trainers can't count. You found that? Look, I'm not even puffing. 63! My God, what's wrong with that man? Listen to me. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So the first condition, I'm going to talk to you about four conditions in the next 10 minutes of your spiritual, I feel like doing another 100. Oh, no. Okay, so, first condition of a 
A wounded spirit is a broken spirit. Now, if you break a bone in your leg, you need to put a cast around it, and it will heal. But if you don't put a cast around it, it's going to set wrong. It's going to set broken. I know people have got broken noses that they didn't get set right, and they've set wrong. I got one of those. And it's like only one nostril really gets air up it. The other one snores all night long. That's why we have two bedrooms. One in Melbourne and one in Sydney. <laughs> Come on, you got to have fun in church. That's the secret to my marriage. We go out twice a week. I go out Monday night, she goes out Tuesday night. We've been married like 45 years. It works. The last argument we had, though, was, was my fault. She said, what's on TV? I said, dust. Uh, but, uh, uh, not good, is it? <laughs> she likes everything electric. She wants an electric washer, electric dryer. So I bought all these electric things. I bought her an electric chair. And... Uh, <laughs> These are getting worse, aren't they? <laughs> I should move on right now. Thank you, Jesus. Just secrets, just a bit of marriage counseling. I'm just trying to prove to you how untherapeutic I really am. <laughs> okay, so here's, see, a merry heart's going to do you good like medicine. You're going to go out of here healed just because you laughed a little bit. Some of you haven't laughed for a week. You laugh all the time and have fun. Jesus tells jokes. I'm not even going to go there. But anyway, there are some very funny things. I, I stand in front of a lot of congregations. And honestly, he's done a lot of funny things. Amen. When I look out at the people, I think, Lord, you're funny. Amen. <laughs> i got to dedicate babies. We had baby dedications this morning. It was, happily, it was a good-looking baby. <laughs> but sometimes, not all babies are good-looking. What are you going to do? You got the baby in your arms, now there's a baby. That's about all you can say, you know, because uh, everybody knows. They're looking and saying, oh, boy, that was, <laughs> that's a little challenging. <laughs> huh? The, the, the burden of being a pastor, you got to pray for us. Amen. But eventually those babies grow up and become good looking. My son Daniel, when he was born, my God. What happened to him? You know how their heads caved in and like everything? It didn't uncave for quite a while. So you got that little fontanelle, that thing like bowling balls have them. That's why they have them, so you can carry three at once. And uh, <laughs> All right. Hope deferred. Okay, so here's the thing. People get a broken spirit when they're disappointed. It's like a broken bone. You can't carry any weight, any responsibility. And you, you need to get that healed. But it, it happens when you get disappointed. When you get your hopes up, oh, you want something good to be happening, but it doesn't happen. So read this scripture, Exodus 6, 9. So Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel, but they did not heed Moses because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. He spoke 
he, the gospel to them. He preached good news to them, but they couldn't hear it. Sometimes I know when I'm preaching a good news message, and if you hang around here long enough, you'll realize these guys preach a lot of positive messages, a lot of good news. I mean, if God loves me, God's good, God's got great plans for me. But for some people, they can't hear that because it hurts. Emotionally, there's a breach in their soul. They go like, yeah, whatever. It might be for somebody else. I'm jinxed. You know, it's like my life doesn't work like that. They can't believe because they've been disappointed. Their faith has been broken. Their spirit got broken under circumstances where they got their hopes up, but then it came down. Everybody's going to get disappointed in life. We're all going to have faith crashes. I mean, you thought he was like that. You married him and then... Golly, you know, you had kids, you thought it would be amazing, but then it's incredible. I mean, I, I meet people who so badly want children, then I meet other people who've got children, and they so badly don't want them. You know, it's, it's like somewhere down the line, your disappointment management has to kick in, so you say, I'm going to get happy in spite of. But here, here, this problem was that Moses came to the... Israelite elders and said, we're getting set free. I've just been talking to God. They said, you're talking to God? He said, yeah, yeah. Well, it was a bush. You're talking to a bush. Yeah, but it was on fire. A bush on fire you were talking to. Yeah. The bush talked back. The bush talked back. What are you talking about, Moses? You talking to a bush, a bush talks back and says, you're getting free, please. He said, no, no, no. The bush gave me some tricks. Some tricks? Yeah. Look, you watch this. Leprosy. Ooh. No leprosy. How about that? They go, wow, that is pretty good. Stick. Snake. Whoop. No snake. They say, oh, okay. All right, we'll believe you. Let's go and seek the king. King, we're leaving. Three million slaves. Free labor, building all your cities. He says, why would I let you go? He says, watch this. King goes, what? You think I'm going to let you go because of that? There's no way. And, and, and so he said, you lazy Israelite people, get back to work. Twice as many bricks, half as much, half as much resources. And whip them hard. It became worse. When you try to get free from something, the grip will tighten. When you try to start that diet, the cheesecake will tighten. You try to give up that alcohol or that booze or that smoking, the grip will tighten. Anything that's got a control of you. I met kids who are, who are addicted to video games. They're wasting their life away. You know the biggest users of video games? They're in between 35 and 45 years of age. Haven't broken addiction. Gotcha. Up there at 3 a.m. in the morning fighting somebody in the U.K. And I'm like walking around and you think, you're wasting your life. And you say, okay, I'm going to get free of it. And all you can think about all day is getting into that video game again. All you can think about, and it might take a week, a month, a year to get free, but you've got to keep going. Just because Jesus said, I'm going to set you free, doesn't mean it's all going to happen in a moment. It is progressive freedom. And here, the, the, the Israelites were saying, Moses, we got our hopes up. Now we're, we're never going to get set free. These guys are going to whip us and beat us. He didn't realize that God likes to show off. So he likes to let the problem get really big before he brings a really big glorious answer. 
and he was going to take a while, you know, and, and so, and so they just had to go back to work. God goes to, speaks to Moses. He says, Moses, go back and tell them that I'm going to suffer. He says, no way, God, they'll kill me. He says, go back and tell them. So he went back and he preached the gospel to them, but it says they could not hear him because of grief of spirit. Their spirit was broken and they needed the shepherd to restore their soul. What Jesus does when he comes into your life is to heal your soul. The second condition of a, of a, of a wounded spirit is that it gets cut. You know when you get a cut and you bleed, you might get a cut across your leg and you're bleeding everywhere. Well, when you get a cut in your spirit, you bleed black, angry, negative, hateful thoughts. And it gets into your brain and you get depressed with that. You get angry on the inside. The only way you close a wound, fix that wound is by closing it. Closure is forgiving the people who did the wound. It's stitching it up and closing it. And then you got to hang out with antiseptic Christians. Don't hang out with toxic believers. Those people are going, oh, I am. They will infect that thing in your spirit. Close it and hang out with great believers. Live in the Word of God. Live in the Holy Spirit and close the past. Otherwise, it gets infected and you get gangrene and you have to cut your leg off. And you live, you live a, a disabled life. You don't want that. You do, I, I see people who've got disabled spirits. And they're limping through life because they just can't quite get closure on that thing. You know, uh, people have a sharp tongue. People, you've heard of that. Well, in the Bible, uh, it says in Psalm 64, 3, who sharpen their tongue like a sword. I know you've never done this, but some people lie in their bed at night and they think about all the, 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 the things they're going to say to that person tomorrow. And they've got a wheel there, like, like a grinding wheel. And they've got their tongue out on it, and they're sharpening away, and sparks are flying. And if they say that, then I'm going to say that. Then if they say that, well, I'm going to say that to them. And, that'll, and then you do the other side. Yeah, then if I see that other person, I'm going to say that. And you've got this long, sharp sword coming out of your mouth. And when you meet them, you go, <laughs> or else they've done it to you. Cut, cut, cut. And now you've got all these wounds. But you know, if you're a wise person, you do not sharpen your tongue to wound others. You, sh you sharpen your tongue to heal them like a scalpel. It's Proverbs 12, 18, there's one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health, brings healing. Think how you can bring healing with your words, even when people are sour and negative towards you. The third one is bruised. A bruised reed, it will not break. Jesus will not break you just because you got bruised. You are not disqualified because you got bruised. Peter denied Jesus three times. He said, he said way back in, you know, when Jesus was saying, all of you are going to leave me. In Matthew 26, 33, Peter said, if everyone else deserts you, I won't. You can trust good old Pete. I'll be here for you. I'm better than them. But within hours, he is cursing and swearing and denying Jesus. This was the same one that Jesus said, on you, I'm going to build my church. Just because you stumble and fall doesn't mean you disqualify yourself. You and I are not the ones who move God. God moves God. You can't manipulate God into a bad mood or a good mood. 
He responds from his own heart towards you. He is self-intentional. He determines within himself what he's going to do, and he determines out of an endless pool of love for you. A bottomless abyss of love. He says, I am going to bless you. So when you fall over, it's not going to knock him around. He doesn't get disillusioned with you. Why? Because he has no illusions about you. He knows what you're like. So when he rises from the dead, he says, Peter, do you love me? And amongst all the disciples, he says, bring all the disciples together. And Peter, Peter, do you love me? He says, yeah, Lord, you know I love you. And he asks him a second time, do you love me? Don't embarrass me here. Yeah, I love you. Ask him a third time, do you love me? And he realizes in himself, three times. Three times I denied him. He's getting three affirmations out of me that I do declare that I love Christ. He's healing my soul. The shepherd is restoring my soul. He's eliciting out of me a statement, a confession that I love you, Lord, and I'm sorry that I disappointed you. The person who disappoints us the most is ourselves because we think we're a great person until we fail. And then we think, how could I have done that? How could I have even thought that? I've, I've been going so well, and then I just fall over and do this stupid, idiotic thing. But that's no reason that Jesus is going to disqualify you. He brings you back. And then Jesus says to him, Peter, feed my lambs. He gives him a job. He gives him an assignment. And one of the greatest healing processes is to know that God loves you enough to give you a job to do. He believes in you enough to give you a responsibility and an assignment in this life. And every single person in this room has an assignment. You have a job from God. You have something that he has commissioned you to do. And your stumblings are not going to disqualify you from that. He's going to pick you up. If you'll come in back to him, say, you're my shepherd, he will actually pick you up and let you walk again. The last condition is a poison spirit. The Bible says the poison of asps is under people's tongues. They can give you a bad attitude about other people that you've never met. And you meet them and you think, they're not as bad as those people said. They can give you a bad attitude about church, about pastors, about me. You read the wrong stuff, it'll put poison in your spirit. When you meet the people and you come under the word of God and you worship, that cleanses it out of your system. Let's all stand up as we come to a close. Heavenly Father, I believe that here tonight, the power of God will bring healing into hearts and spirits and souls that have been broken, that have been wounded, that have been bruised. And in the name of Jesus, I declare healing here. Lift up your hands with your people and just reach out to God. I know that this place, as it is made whole, we're going to see a river of life, a river of healing pour through this place. There are so many people around us who are limping through life, dragging themselves along because of a broken spirit. He has come to make us whole so we can impart that wholeness to other people. Some of you know that the Lord was speaking to you to hear, here tonight. You know that there's something inside your heart that's, that's wrong, that's infected, that's poisoned, that's broken, that's wounded. Lift up your hand to God right now. Just reach out to Him. I want to pray for you. The mighty power of the Holy Spirit 
will come upon you and bring healing in Jesus' name. Father, put healing in the soul of every person here. I'm believing that this house will become a pool of healing. And every time Jesus is manifested here in the worship of the saints, healing will flow like a river into every believer's life. Lord, take every polluted soul that's been damaged in life with a sourness or any bitterness and replace it with the sweetness of the wine of heaven, the oil of God, the presence of Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering, people. God bless you. Amen. Come on, let's thank Pastor Phil tonight for coming out, bringing the word, awesome word here tonight. Beautiful presence of God in this place. Why don't you just take a seat in the presence of God here right now. And right now I want to ask, right where you're seated, right across this room, front to back, considering in your heart how you stand before the Good Shepherd, the one that met with Peter face to face.